0: Welcome to another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammons, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. This morning, we're going to be sharing the Word, and we're centered around a topic about united in faith. That would be a title of my message if I was to have one this morning, and I do. You can see by the title slide, I sent it beforehand, United by Faith. And uh, if you happen to be watching from somewhere outside of the United States, then I'm going to ask you to join with us in the celebration of our nation this morning. Listen, it is certain that that God governs in the affairs of men. It is certain. Now, that is a very famous quote, by the way. God governs in the affairs of men. In just a little bit, I'm going to share with you who made that statement famous and why we still quote it today. But right now, let's look in the book of Psalms together. In the book of Psalms, in chapter 33, the Bible says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. When you see the word Lord in all capital letters, it's talking about Jehovah. It's not talking about just having some God. It's talking specifically about our God, Jehovah God, the God of Israel and the God of our Christian faith, the Father of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the nation. Whose God is Jehovah, the people he has chosen for his own inheritance. On July the fourth, seventeen seventy-six, most of you here here on campus, and most of you who are watching, know that that day was very important because on that day, fifty-six brave men put their signatures to a document called that we call now the Declaration of Independence. Of course, I believe it was more a declaration of dependence, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. And they brought birth to a nation which was dedicated to the truths that these 56 men could swear to, things that they felt like were self-evident truths, the truths that have guided our nation for all of these years. And, and they intended to birth this nation, but why? Under what authority were they doing this? Why? What compelled them? What, what motivated them? What inspired them to risk their life? They knew when they signed this document that they were signing their death warrant. They understood that they could be tracked down, most likely would be, and they would be arrested and perhaps executed and lose everything that they had. But imagine, however, that they held you know, common ideals, held them in such a way that they were willing to pledge their lives for that Uh, the reason why we know what they thought is because the documents that they wrote are still in existence and we have those and we can read from their own writings from their own heart from their own tent what they held what truths they believed in and why they were doing what they were doing we don't have to leave it up to happenstance or guessing we can understand what their intent was you know some imagine that the that the intent of our founding fathers you know and their ideals are out of touch with today's reality but nothing could be farther from the truth i submit in evidence to you that our nation the united states of america is still the greatest nation on the face of the earth, else why would anyone, come on now, why would anyone want to leave their home and come here? You know, in the 1930s, you did not see people leaving their homes and moving to Germany. You did not see Jews leaving their home and moving to Germany. Why? Because they were apt to be killed if they did. Because it was a bad place. Because it was a place who didn't, you know, didn't recognize rights or freedom of speech or these things. But yet, I tell you that, that these self-evident truths which have provided an umbrella for us makes our nation great, greater than any nation, certainly in your lifetime. Any nation in generations since King Solomon Whenever he ruled over an undivided Israel. Our nation is great. And the ideals of these men and women who made our nation great. They fit together perfectly to tell the one story of the founding of America. There is no other nation on earth today nor has there been since the founding of America that is so great, that holds an opportunity, a nation that is so safe, a nation that is so prosperous. You can walk these streets today without fear. Why? Because our nation holds ideals and truths and preserves and protects. A nation that is so prosperous, so giving, so forgiving as the United States of America. As I said, this is evidenced by the fact that people from every custom, every culture, every race, every, every you know, ethnicity, People from all over the world want to come here to live and to enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy. I tell you this morning that success is more than a one-step process. You know that. We've been teaching that for so many years. Success is more than a one-step process. And there are two things that will determine your success in any endeavor. Whether it's marriage or business or, 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 or as a nation there are two things which will determine your success. Number one is knowing the right answer. And number two is making application of that answer when the time comes. That and that alone will guarantee your success. Or if you fail to know the right answer or fail to apply that answer when the moment comes, when the test comes, then you will certainly fail. Thank God that our founding fathers, and thank God that those who have been guiding our nation at critical junctures throughout the 245 history uh, year history of our nation have continued to seek and to find the right answer, and that answer has been found in Jesus Christ. It's been found in the Word of God, and then we have had the good sense at every important juncture in our nation to apply that right answer. It's not that we. have been without problems but it's that we have always found the answer in the word of God in that guiding light that first planned this nation we are not a nation of happenstance or coincidence or of some rebellion success is more than a one-step process process and sometimes it's a long a lonely and a difficult road to success but I am proud today to be an American And I am so fortunate to have been born and to live in this land of the free and the home of the brave. Do you know I live in a place where I am guaranteed freedom of speech? My goodness. Do you know how important that is? I can even redress my grievances in public. Grievances even against my nation in a lawful and peaceful manner, that is unheard of in many places. Do you know that today I am so fortunate that I can come to a house of worship and worship the God of my choice in a way I choose without fear of reprisal, without fear of arrest, without fear of conviction, incarceration, or in some country's execution because I don't worship the God of the state. I have a freedom to lawfully assemble. I have a freedom to protect myself from governmental encroachment. I have a right to bear arms. I am so fortunate to live in a nation that our founding fathers understood that tyranny must have a backstop. I am free to expect myself to be secure secure in my person, papers, houses, and effects from unlawful and unreasonable search and seizure. Do you know how wonderful that is? Do you know that I have the freedom to expect that Fourth Amendment to apply to my life as well as to your life without regard to where you are, what state or station of life you may be? be in. I have a freedom that I cannot be compelled to witness, become witness against myself in any criminal proceedings, to be faced by my accusers, a right to a a, a fair and impartial trial by a jury of my peers, and a speedy trial, to not be judged twice for the same crime. And I have a right to expect to be judged in the place where I have been alleged to have committed any criminal offense our founding fathers understood the value of not being carted off to another location judged by people that don't know me that don't like me that aren't like me i have a freedom from being required to pay excessive bails or fines or to to be levied against me any cruel or unusual punishments Go to Singapore, spit your gum on the sidewalk. There'll be a public caning in your future. Even as good as that nation is. I could go on and on about the freedoms to vote and the freedoms from slavery and involuntary servitude and the freedom to attend the school of my choice, to live in the city of my choice, to to live in the neighborhood of my choice, to work in the field of my choice, to earn a reasonable salary, to eat and drink whatever I can afford. Listen, those are monumental freedoms. To be free to raise my family in a way that I choose, and to pursue my dreams without respect to my race, my color, my creed, my national origin, my gender, religion, public opinion, or without respect to the prejudices of others. Thank God for the United States of America. We are truly a blessed nation, and we are one nation under God. No wonder people from every nation on the face of this earth from every people group, on the face, from every custom and every culture, want to get to America and live here, no wonder our borders are being flooded with people. If our nation was as horrible as the devil would like to make you believe, no one would want to come here. Don't believe the propaganda of those who don't like you, who hate the fabric of our nation because they are driven by hate. Don't believe the demonically inspired propaganda. That says that our nation is not a good and wonderful place of opportunity and provision of help and hope. A place of dreams. A place where I can show you people from every culture and every custom that have made good in America. How did this happen? How did we get to be such a great nation? You know. We aren't perfect, but how did we get to be the best? Because we are the best. We are the absolute best. And I don't think anyone would tell you or would really truly believe anything different. We aren't perfect, but we are the best. If you don't believe that, then there will be a sign-up list at the information desk for you to put the country you would like to go to. And I'll pray that God makes that happen. How did this happen? It started from the foundation that we were given by God. Allow me to read two sentences, one from the beginning and one from the end of the Declaration of Independence. Listen to this declaration. 245 years old today. Here's a sentence from the beginning. We hold these truths to be self-evident, these self-evident truths that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the foundation upon which our nation began by the hand of Almighty God, and we began to grow. And that self-evident truth has guided our decisions. It's corrected our course, and it has taken us on necessary steps to right wrongs, to change laws, and to mandate equality. We have a long-standing history as a nation of bettering ourselves with every step we take. The last sentence of that July the 4th, 1776 declaration signed by these 56 men reads like this. And for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. The Declaration of Independence describes two things upon which... These 56 signers were dependent. Two things, two truths upon which our independence stands. Our independence from other nations. Our independence from those who would desire to destroy us. Our independence from those who would like to captivate us and, and hold us captive. The two things that hold us to these truths. Number one is a dependence on God. A dependence on clearly in the declaration of independence God is mentioned over and over again by divine providence almighty God has brought our nation into existence and our dependence our trust in God is one of the strong pillars upon which our nation stands. Many have tried to erode it but it has not been taken from us. Our nation still depends upon God. It is in God we trust. Every time you spend a dollar bill, you are once more confirming, in God we trust. Our dependence is on Almighty God. Number two, our dependence is on one another. Do you know that we not only are called to trust in God but we also as Americans are encouraged by our declaration of independence to trust those who trust in God. And that's what the enemies of our nation and the enemies of God have been trying to erode in this last generation is a distrust of one another. Almost everyone will say, I trust God, but they'll say, I don't trust my neighbor. I don't trust that person or that person. You see, trusting God seems to be so far away and so distant and almost so absent from anything that, that that we have to prove that we can easily say, well, I trust God. But then we look at one another with such a distrust. We look at them because they're of a different color, because of a different culture, because they came from a different place, because they may want to live life a little differently. And we say we don't trust you. We live with such distrust, and yet our independence depends on us, depending on God. But do you notice that last sentence? We pledge to each other. We pledge to each other that I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to trust you with my money. And I'm going to trust you with my honor. That's what it took to bring birth to this great nation. A trust in God and a trust in one another. You see, the Declaration of Independence was not the first time that men were willing to risk their lives for the divine divine plan of God to help others. In fact, in 1492, Christopher Columbus wrote in his book of prophecies, listen to what Christopher Columbus wrote, and let me read this, and while I do consider his heart and the call of God on his life, not if he was perfect, but consider the call of God on his life, certainly God has called some of you and you're not perfect. Listen to the call of God, self-identified by this man who wrote in his book of prophecies. It was the Lord who put it into my mind. I could feel his hand upon me. There is no question that the inspiration was from the Holy Spirit because he comforted me uh, with rays of marvelous illumination from the Holy Scriptures. He went on to say, the fact that the gospel must still be preached to so many lands in such a short time, this is what convinces me. Convinces him what? To go and risk his life on an adventure to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. As well, a little more than 100 years later after Christopher Columbus had sailed to America, um, uh, there were those who formed and wrote and adopted The First Charter of Virginia, April the 6th, 1606. Listen to this First Charter of Virginia. Listen to what it included. Please read the whole thing. For the furtherance furtherance of so noble a work which may by the providence of Almighty God hereinafter tend to the glory of His divine majesty in propagating of Christian religion to such a people as yet live in darkness and miserable ignorance of the truth and the knowledge and worship of God. They're saying, listen, we have got to form this charter together because there are people living in miserable ignorance of at God and how to worship Him. And so we're forming this charter of Virginia in order to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why Virginia was founded, to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. How about the Mayflower Compact, 1620? Including such words and reasons for the undertaking of these pilgrims. They said, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of Christian faith. The advancement... Pure and simple, the advancement of Christian faith. 1639, the fundamental orders of Connecticut contained, the word of God requires an orderly and decent government established according to God to maintain and preserve the liberty and purity of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, which we now profess. Connecticut. The Word of God requires that we put a a government together so that we can maintain and preserve the liberty and the purity of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. July the 4th, 1775, a year prior to the Declaration of Independence, General George Washington's first standing orders to his militia The general most earnestly requires and expects a due observance of those articles of war established for the government of the army, which forbid profane cursing. If you join the army, you can't cuss anymore. And you can't be swearing and you can't be drinking. If you're going to join the army, then you got to quit getting drunk. Oh my goodness. Self-evident truths. I mean, I don't want an army that's drunk and cussing and profane. I don't want an army that's making God so upset that he's not going to help him. Do you? Well, they didn't either. George Washington didn't either. And look what he also said. He said also, uh, and in like manner, the general, George Washington, requires and expects of all officers and soldiers, enlisted and officers, not engaged in actual duty, I expect them to be punctual In attendance of divine services. I expect him to be in church. Come on now. To implore the blessings of heaven upon the means used for our safety and our defense. Talking about dependent upon almighty God. Stop your cussing. Stop your profanity. Stop your drinking. Go to church. And let's be an army that Jesus is proud of. On July the 7th, 1787, 81 year old Benjamin Franklin, who was arguably in history, as history paints him, the least religious person in all of the founding fathers, okay? There was a five week deadlock in this constitutional convention and he was imploring them to stop and to let's move along what we need to do. He was telling them we need to stop. This has been Franklin. We need to stop. We've been deadlocked for five weeks. Let's stop and let's pray and let's seek the divine guidance of God. He finally got up and shut them down and this is what he said. I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proves I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. That, that's where that quote came from. Benjamin Franklin, the least, notably the least religious man of the founding fathers. Listen to what he said, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is that an empire cannot rise without his aid. We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, as I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Wow, without God's help, Benjamin Franklin said, we're not gonna make it. 81 years old, had trust in God, and he was there at the Costum Convention, having trust in those who trusted God. Let's stop and pray, he said. John Adams, a signer of the Declaration, the first vice president. The, the the second president of the united states listen uh, he was a diplomat without equal you know uh, uh, he said this he talked about the holy ghost three times in this speech okay but let me just cut to the middle of it he said there is no authority this is john adams president of the united states <laughs> there is no authority civil or religious there can be no legitimate government But what is administered by the Holy Ghost? Come on now. (laughs) Charles Carroll, also a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He was a framer of the Bill of Rights. He said this, I am grateful to Almighty God for the blessings which through Jesus Christ our Lord He has conferred on my beloved country. Thomas Jefferson. He's credited with writing the bulk of the declaration. He was a signer of the declaration. And he became the third president of the United States. Okay. He wrote in 1816. Listen to what he said. I am a real Christian. Thomas Jefferson. I'm a real Christian. That is to say a disciple of the doctrines of Christ he would later write a letter in 1822 to explain what the doctrines of Christ were he said the doctrines of Jesus Christ are simple and tend to all the happiness tend all to the happiness of man number 1 that there is only one god and he is all perfect this is what thomas jefferson believed wrote it down we don't have to guess we don't listen don't believe that junk that you hear number 2 that there is a future state of rewards and punishments. Don't believe, listen, you know, if you took something that I said 50, 60 years ago and try to make that me, you're going to miss the boat. This is what he said late in his life, a man who understood. This is the man he became. This is the nation we became. You are the person you became. You are not your last mistake. You are not your worst mistake. You are what you learned from your last mistake. You are what you learned from your last problem. Don't let your last problem put you in a a box and keep you there. Don't let your last worst decision, don't let your last failure, your last sin hold you captive. Don't let the devil hold you and don't let anyone else imagine you as your last worst mistake. You are what you learned from that mistake. You are the person you became because you learned something from that mistake this nation is what we are because we have gone through trials and troubles and struggles just like Thomas Jefferson did and he said in his third doctrine of Jesus Christ that to love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself is the sum of all religion, quoting Jesus Christ. Thomas Jefferson wrote that letter in 1822. That was the same year that a woman was born. A woman, Araminta, we call her Minty Ross, was born into slavery in Dorchester County, Maryland. Around 1844, Minty married a man named John his last name was Tubman and she later took on her mother's name first name Harriet you may remember Harriet Tubman in 1849 Harriet Tubman escaped slavery I encourage you please go and read her biography an amazing biography she went to Philadelphia she worked hard at odd jobs saving her money going back into slave-held territory 13 perilous times to deliver and to lead out more than 70 people to freedom through the Underground Railway. 1822, before she passed away in 1913, Harriet Tubman said this, It wasn't me. It was the Lord. I always told him, I trust to you. I don't know where to go or what to do, but I expect you to lead me. And he always did. Not one of those she led ever got caught. Harriet trusted and supported President Abraham Lincoln as she wrote. She trusted him and supported him and she faithfully served in the Union Army without pay. Why? Because she believed, as is written of her, she believed that if President Abraham Lincoln would just obey God, that God would help the Union to win. And that's what she wanted to help make happen. She trusted God, but she also trusted a man that trusted God. And she worked with him. One of the three men most responsible for the content of the Constitution of the United States of America was the first Supreme Court justice appointed by George Washington. His name is John Jay. And John Jay wrote in a letter dated October the 12th, 1816, providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers and it is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our christian nation look what he called us he called us a christian nation john jay the first chief justice of the supreme court It is the duty as well as the privilege and the interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. My goodness, do you know, I think you could get removed from the bench for saying that presently. Well, nonetheless, it is still evident that... What Psalms 33 says in verse 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen for as his own inheritance. I believe our nation is blessed and I believe we're blessed because we have been planted of the Lord. I believe that God has chosen the United States of America during these last 245 years he has used us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ not only through every state but also around the world. And the word of God goes forth from the United States of America stronger into more places and farther, faster, reaching the targets more than any other place in the world. What is the nation? What is the United States of America? You are. You are. That's like you're the church. You are. If you want to complain about America, you need to start right where you look in the mirror. There is no nation without we the people. We are not a nation of leaders. We're a nation of people. Leaders work for us. That's what John Jay was trying to get across to us. Leaders work for us. You know why we don't trust our leaders? Because we don't believe they trust God. Then why don't we elect some leaders that do trust God? More there be with us than be with our enemies. Listen. We took nothing and got here. Imagine what we could do if we started here and went with Christ. God still needs help. God's still in the nation-building business. He's still in the nation-choosing business, and he can choose us. More there be with us than be with him. Don't believe the propaganda of the devil. Don't believe the propaganda of your enemies. Don't believe your enemies' narratives about you don't believe what the devil has to say about the church and do not believe what the devil has to say about the United States of America. Why would we believe that propaganda? According to Pew Research Center, you can find them at pewforum.org, the population of the United States of America is currently 70.9% Christian. 5.9% other non-Christian faiths, Hinduism, Islam, uh, yeah, every other thing, 5.9%, 22.8% unaffiliated, means they don't know, you know, they're unsure, they, you know, might be, might not be, there may be, you know, well, we can, we can win those over, those are the ones we're after, Come on now, it's 70 against 5, 71 against 6. Where's your vote? It's 71 against this. Where's your faith? Where's your trust in God? And where's your trust in those who trust God? We have got to stop letting the devil erode our trust in one another. That was the message of the Declaration of Independence and it's the message of the Bible. Psalms 133, oh how good and how perfect it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head of Aaron that ran down his beard to the skirt of his garment. It's like the dew on the mountains of Hermon that descend upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded his blessings, even life forevermore. There's blessing in unity. It has to begin, number one, in your life. Number two, in your family. We need to begin trusting God in our families and trusting our families to trust in God. Without respect to their opinions or their prejudices, we need to see this in our church and in our communities. We need to begin to see this in our nation, but it has to begin with us. And this morning, I'm issuing a challenge to you. This morning, in conclusion, as we celebrate the signing of the Declaration of Independence today, this morning, I have two challenges for you. Before we go from here and those on campus, we're going to have some hot dogs and apple pie and, some, uh, and play some games, and kids are going to play on you know, water slide and do some other stuff. And we got some wonderful things going on here. At home, I hope you're celebrating as well. There's cause to celebrate. Let me tell you why. We live in the greatest nation on this planet. And if you happen to be in a nation that's not so great, then you need to thank God for the United States of America because we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. We are bringing hope and help to you. No other nation affords so much benevolent assistance to the whole world than does the United States of America. We feed the hungry. My goodness, even from our church, we have more than 400 producing water wells outside of the United States. Every one of them been drilled without any cost to the people who are drinking water from those 400 wells today. Right here from this church we have reached out to over two hundred countries and someone from our church has in the capital city of each one of those countries each one of those geopolitical entities and has prayed for an open heaven we sent someone from our church there with a gospel declaration the declaration that hangs right back there on that wall a copy of that declaration and we have posted it in that nation that God has a plan for their life Jesus Christ who lived a sinless life died an atoning death he loves them and has a plan for their life he will save their soul if they will call upon him he's coming again we have prayed over that nation we have taken the word from this church that's only done in the United States of America by the way funded completely funded on the backs of those that believe and trust in the Lord today there are children eating and sleeping in beds and and eating uh, on on tables that you have provided literally around the world from india to 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 to, to, to indonesia to uh, you know uh, I, I i can't tell you there are churches that we have built and started uh, you know uh, in thailand in russia and uh, you know and you know clinics in vietnam and and uh, you know uh, hospitals and and medical clinics in mexico and you know why Because we believe and also because we have the opportunity and the resources to do that. America is a wealthy and prosperous nation not because our government is printing money. God help us when we get to that dead end but because our nation is blessed of the Lord. We are blessed by God. Ask anyone outside of America if America is a Christian nation and they will say yes. Just look at you. How could you not think you're a Christian nation? But more than a Christian nation, we need to be a united nation. And it starts right here. Two challenges I offer you in closing today number one is that you would trust god trust him trust god put your trust in god for your family for your finances for your future put your trust in god for our nation stop bemoaning the things and the directions that you're in disagreement with and start lifting your voice as a trumpet and making declarations start praying in such a way that not only your voice of prayer is heard but your voice of command is heard speak to those mountains that they will move because god still has a plan for america put your trust in god don't let the devil take your trust away from you. Trust that God still loves America. Don't fall into the place and believe that God is finished with America. If you do, you will lose hope. And if you lose hope, where shall we be? Put your trust in God. It's a decision. Just decide right now. It's not going to cost you anything to put your trust in God. Come on, shake it off. Shake it off. Shake off the darkness. Shake off the fear and the worry. Shake it off, America. Put your trust in God. More there be with us than be with them. We can do this. Their defense is departed from them. Let us go at once and take the land. Let's not fear the enemies. Yes, they have walls. Yes, they have weapons, but we are well able, Joshua and Caleb said. Don't be one of the ten spies that has decided you're already defeated. Don't bring down the hopes of others around you. Put your trust in God and lift up your voice as a trumpet of God. Number two, put your trust in those who put their trust in God. Amen. Yeah. We need to start trusting one another we need to really start trusting one another with our lives, with our fortunes and with our sacred honors. That's a choice you'll have to walk out. Don't look at someone and judge them by the color of their skin, you know, by the car they drive, by the house they live in, the job they have or don't have. Don't look at someone and say, I can't trust that person. Tell them about Jesus. You might find out they already trust him. And we need to begin to trust those who trust in God. Amen. Amen. Well, happy birthday, America. Amen. America is a great nation. Happy birthday, America. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to all of our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.